Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Yo, 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 what's going on, man? It's your boy, Big Smitty, a.k.a. D-Nice, and this is The Porch. Welcome. I'm so excited to be back. Another week, another episode. My co-host, Bolo, couldn't be on today, so I'm holding it down. For the Porsche folks, but, but don't you worry, because we have a very, very, very special guest today, and I'm super excited to introduce you guys to. She is a personal branding coach, an entrepreneur, a content creator. You've probably seen her on TikTok. I'm, I'm pretty sure you have. The one and only Maria Cisco. Welcome to the Porsche. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Of course, of course, man. And before we even really dive into everything and learn more about you. you you're you currently in Dubai right now, right? Yes, I live in Dubai. Is Dubai, your, is that your hometown? Is that, is that where you were born and raised or you moved there later on in life? No, so I moved here seven years ago. I am originally from Venice, Italy. And it's, it's wow, that's another, it's crazy, right? Because a lot of these locations that, that, that you've been in are places that we 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 try to save money for to go visit on vacation. And you, you're mm-hmm. born in Italy and you're living in Dubai, like, what, what what's yeah. life like in Dubai every day? I'm just kind of curious. Well, in this moment, which is summer, it's very hot. Life in Dubai, it's very hot. <laughs> we have like 40 degrees Celsius Ooh. during the day. So yes, but for the rest, it's nice. I love living in Dubai. Um, like I wanted to move here. When I moved to Dubai, I didn't even have a job. I decided I packed my bag and I said, I want to go live in Dubai. And I love it here. Wow. But... It's very different, I feel, than the rest of the world. It's a bit like of a bubble, but a good one. Got you, got you, man. And I, I think that's the perfect segue to kind of just really dive into uh, in, into you, man. Like I said, just very excited to learn more about um, the, the branding side and how to build a brand and the importance of social media, but also super excited to learn more about you as a person. And you just said it, man. You, you know, seven years ago, you said you wanted to move to Dubai and you just packed your bags, didn't even have a job and moved out there. Talk about just the... I guess the courage that it took for you to go ahead and just make such a, a, a an abrupt move w- without having a job. Like, how did you know that, that that this will work out in your favor? Oh, I didn't. But <laughs> the thing was that life was not working out in Italy as well for me. Like, I never felt at home in Italy very much. So I was already living in Spain for one year. Then I moved to France for one year. And then I said, you know what? or is the UK or the UAE. And I said, okay, sun, there is more sun in the UAE. Let's go there. And this is how I went. But of course I had no assurance that it would go good. But I also knew that in that moment, it was okay, all or nothing, you know, let's try. And it went good after a while though. Like, I need to be honest. It's not like at the beginning went super nice. It's not one of those stories, Mm. but um, eventually, it was the right choice, at least for me. 
Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC slash MMA and much, much more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head on over to our website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V, believe, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Now back to the porch. Got you, man. And I kind of want to touch on that point. I mean, you just said it. It wasn't like you had instant success. It took a little while for things to start going right and going in your favor. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, I guess, like, describe some of those early years for you. Like, when you first made the move, year one, year two, what were some of the struggles that, that, that you were facing uh, in Dubai? Okay, so the first, when I moved here immediately, uh, because I knew I didn't have a job, but I didn't want to just waste my time and have nothing to do, I enrolled to a master here. Right. So while I was looking for a job, I was also studying just to have a justification to be in Dubai. You know, I didn't want to feel useless. And I found a job pretty quickly. The problem is that I got sick. Mm. After like two months of being here, I got very sick and it went on for two years. So I was sick the first two years of living in Dubai and I really didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay here with at all costs. So at the beginning, it wasn't smooth. It was maybe a coincidence. It was something that happened. But the first, yes, two years I was on and off. Sometimes I had to go back to Italy for like one month and then come back. But I was stubborn. And then at some point it went good. So in my specific case, it wasn't even directly related to the city or the change itself. It was more that, you know, life happens. But um, what to do? It was a good experience. Like, I think that things like this toughen you up a lot in life. And then you understand, okay, I can overcome everything. It wasn't a horrible sickness like cancer or something like that. Right. But it was, um, let's say it was something related to autoimmune, you know, disease like etc so yes it was still hard especially because at that time I was 23 22 23 it was my first experience completely alone like moving alone and and everything because yes I moved to Spain and France before but you know Spain and France are very close to Italy like one hour playing two hours you are back at home it was easier right. and it was more related to experience with university so you don't feel like you are completely alone you're looking for a job but this time yes it was but uh, I'm glad it happened actually right no I appreciate you for sharing that story and I think I mean that's the testimony to people listening in that you know sometimes you know in life oftentimes in life when you make a big move or whether it's a new job new location both whatever it may be you're you oftentimes you struggle sometimes you go through some type of struggle whether it's health conditions whether it's just homesick like everyone has their own unique story but i think this also is a, is a good testimony where it shows you that hey if you just you know keep fighting and, and stick stick things through and kind of persevere through the hard times that the, the, the sun does come out at night and i think your your story is a perfect you know testimony to that that shows like man if you just 
stay strong, fight through it, keep pushing it, that there's some some sunlight, some good things can come from that. And I, I think kudos to you for being able to stay strong. Because a lot of people, you know, being honest, if they move somewhere by their, by themselves for the first time and they got sick for two years, they would have easily packed their bags and moved right back home. But something about you that just said, you know what, no, no matter what, I have to stick through this. And I think I think that took a lot of courage. Yes, yes. Sometimes it's also, though, it could have been stupidity because you say, okay, maybe I could have healed sooner if I moved back home. Mm. But you have to stick to what you want in life. This is what I really think. You need to stick to what resonates with you. Have you ever done something like that? Like moving to another place or? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So like, so right now I live in Los Angeles, but I'm originally from Indianapolis, Indiana, which is like a small city in the Midwest. So I moved out here about five years ago. You know, uh, I did have a job opportunity, but I didn't know exactly how it was going to go. You never know with these things. So I literally left my entire family, uh, my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. Um, but again, I came out here by myself, no furniture, no TV, nothing. I was sleeping on the floor the first couple of weeks when I got my apartment and I just kind of took a chance. And it's been the best decision I've made, you know, one of the best decisions I've made in my entire life. So oftentimes, man, I think in order for you to really grow, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to take those chances and do the thing that other people are scared to do. And that's when you can really, you know, spread your wings and fly. You know what I'm saying? So uh no nah, i love hearing other stories like that and and to see see you being so successful now i think it's such a huge thing um uh, i want to move on to an, a, another thing that i actually saw man on your instagram page you you have a video like a a reel so to speak where you in the caption you talk about being labeled as a rebel and uh even being labeled as weird which kind of led you to living a double life kind of talk about that time in your life man when, when you when you were going through that and and, and which what you mean by living the double life? So <laughs> this is this is this is gonna be fun. So I was like this since I was a kid. Like I was always the kid that was not following the current, the flow of the average, you know. Right. And this with for my family has always been a problem because they wanted me to do A and I was always doing B, you know, right. always. <laughs> so it was my my how can I say my instinct. And at some point, okay, when I was a kid, it was small things. And then at some point, it started becoming bigger and bigger things. So the main, the, the story is that I was a dancer. I really wanted to dance so much. And for me, I was passionate at that time about hip hop dancing, which like for you guys in the US is completely normal. For Venice, uh, 12 years ago was not. Like, it hmm. was like weird if you listen to hip hop, you know, everyone is listening to house music and going to this type of commercial house parties and whatever. And I was the one, no, I want to dance hip hop. So the, <laughs> the only reason to do that, like the only way to do that was hanging around with people that were of a specific like groups, okay, in Venice, near Venice, like one hour and a half from Venice, we have two US army base. Got you. Okay. okay. Yeah. So next to those, we have we had hip hop clubs, and at the time I was eighteen, and I said, okay, you know what? I just got my license. I will go alone. So I took my car, driving for one hour and a half, and I was going to clubs alone just because I wanted to dance. And uh, for me, it was not even clubbing as a club. Like I was not drinking. I wasn't doing anything. Right. But 
yeah, it was something weird, especially for that time, especially when you're 18, like taking your car and driving one hour and a half to go somewhere, like, you know, and it's the army base. It's not like. Right. You know, it's not like a typical. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I was going to say out here in the U.S., oftentimes people are 18. They, they get their fake IDs and they go clubbing all the time. So in America, it's kind of normal. But but but, but, but keep going. <laughs> No, it's also normal in Italy and in Venice at the time it was normal for guys and girls of 18, like 18 years old to go clubbing, but not in the way I was. Also because gotcha. I didn't know anyone. So I was going alone, which is not like the safest thing to do, you know? Right. So uh, I started like that and I started making friends and so on. But my family was not very happy of this type of life that I chose for myself because in general, my family were never people like pro clubbing and pro partying. Right. Um, so the thing is that I started working as a dancer, um, not as a dancer in terms of club animation, but like I was teaching, I was having my own crew. So sometimes we were doing exhibitions in clubs, but in the dance floor, you know, like this. And my family was not happy at all. Like you are 18, you shouldn't be working at night and so on. So I was going at university in the morning to make them happy because my family is very much conservative in that way. You have to go to university, you need to find a job, you need to have your degrees, blah, blah, blah. And then at night, I was basically going to clubs almost four days a week because I was taking it as a job at that time. So I couldn't really mix the two, the two things together. And this is why I've always felt like I'm living a double life. Also because the people that I used to, um, yeah, I used to go, to clubs with were not the typical people that people my age at that time from that social status and whatever were right. going out with. Gotcha. So yeah, it was uh, it was tough. Like I have lived like that for five years uh, until until I moved out. I moved out of Italy. So. It was it was weird. Now I understand that for you in US guys, it's difficult to understand this, but Venice specifically where I'm from, it's a city that is very small. Right. And 12 years ago, like for example, we didn't have um for us the black culture, black integration, in general, integration with other cultures was not a thing. Mm -hmm. So at that time, I was my boyfriend was from uh Burkina Faso, which is a small country in West Africa. And people were looking at us like we were aliens when we were holding hands and going around. Really? You know, so, yes, yes. Imagine police sometimes were stopping us to ask for us for documents for how weird it was. Yes. Wow. Yes. So it, it, that, that's how rare it is out there. They're not used to seeing someone, you know, fair skin with a dark skinned person, a black person, whatever, you know, it, it's something that's now, so yeah. now it's normal. Now it's normal because there is a lot of second generation, a lot, a lot, a lot. Like my niece that is seven years old, she has in school, they are like two Italians and the rest are like second generation immigrants, which is very beautiful. But wow. at, at that time, it was something like weird, you know, like, how did you even meet? You know, it was <laughs> right. Like right. That. It's like, what are you? It's like, I've never seen this before. Now that's, uh, I appreciate you for sharing that. Now I had no idea. And I'm sure a lot of our porch listeners who've never been out to, you know, Italy or, or really traveled anywhere too far out the country probably wouldn't even have any knowledge about that. So, uh, very interested uh, news to, to, to learn about. Let me ask you this, man. I want to go back to specific to your passion for hip hop and the dancing. Mm -hmm. 
what actually led you to you know hip hop, the music, the industry? Was it a specific artist? Was it a video you saw? Was it? I mean, because again, you you explained that it wasn't something that was very popular out you know in in Italy and you know where you grew up at. So, what drew you to it? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I've always been very curious. And I never liked, like for me, I like melody because I like dancing. So I need something that I can dance to. So when I was listening to music, uh, I was always drawn more, even for the commercial music, to the one that was going more to the R&B side, you know? Yeah. So I started doing my researches and stuff and I started, you know, knowing more and more hip hop singers and this is how. So I was like, no, I refuse to believe that there is no club here or no party here that plays the music. Like, right. no, I refuse. I want to discover something like it that. It has to be something here. Yes. <laughs> and you found and, it. Um, yes. yes, I found it. I found it eventually. But then, actually, it started with hip-hop. But then when I started going to this class more and more, hip-hop was the least of fav- of my favorite. It actually became more like dancehall and Afrobeat and so on, which was even weirder. You know, right. because if you say Afrobeat at that time in Italy, like for them was like, what is this? Tribal things? What is this? You know? So, yes. So you've always just been a rebel. If someone says go right, you're going left. They say sit up, you're going to sit down. That's kind of, sounds like that's kind of what, what you've always been. And, and sometimes it might've gotten, gotten you into a little bit of trouble, but in a, in a lot of times it led to you just finding new things and new passions. And I think right. that's a beautiful thing. Yes. Yeah. And I was never one of those rebels that create problems, you know. Right. I was always very responsible in whatever I was doing because when I was working in clubs, I was sober for three years. Like, I made the decision, like, okay, I will be working in clubs, but I will not touch alcohol because I'm doing it because it's my passion, not because I want to have fun. Right. So, um, yeah. So I never at- lost that limit, yes. Right, no, for sure, man, which I think I, I, I respect that, you know, as well. You, you wanted to separate the two. If I, if this is my passion and if this is something I'm taking seriously, I'm going to go all in on it. I'm not going to, you know, mix pleasure with with with, with this. I want to make sure I put my best foot forward. So with that being said, when you put so much time into it, such a large investment into dancing and that passion, what made you stop? Uh, um, okay, so it made me stop a mix of understanding that there wasn't really such a easy future mm-hmm. in that sense, especially in Italy, like because of the environment, I should have, if I wanted really to pursue the dancing career for that type of music, I should have been in a different environment. But where? It's not like it's easy. It's not like there is a university for hip hop dancers, you know what right, I mean? Right. So it was a bit that. And then also the fact that at some point after five years of clubbing, you need to, uh, you start feeling like, okay, we need to put some perspective here. Like there is a future, you know, like what should we do? Um, Also in those five years, I said that I never crossed the line and I never did anything that was not responsible. But because of the situations and the environment I was with, I found myself in the middle of situations many times. So it hasn't been easy five years. Um, Now I need to add something here, another piece to the puzzle of conservative Italy. Um, At that time, like the type of people that were in those clubs were mostly uh, people that were, were not Italians. Right. Mm. So mostly West African, North Africans, uh, Latinos and so on. 
But as I was telling you, it, they are not second generation. They are first generation immigrant in Italy. And because Italy at that time was very close, for these um, for these people, it wasn't easy to have like a normal life like Italian would have. So they didn't have a normal job. They didn't have, sometimes they were struggling with racism. They were struggling with uh, even just going to school and finding opportunities for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they, at that time, they were young, 18, 19, like this. They end up maybe dealing drugs or doing things like this because they have to cope with the situation of not finding a job or whatever they were coping with. Right. So it wasn't, it wasn't like the best type of people to hang out with, even if some of them maybe were, but the environment was like that. So I have been, I ended up with the, being the, um, how you say this, the witness of uh, attack to police. Got you. They weren't my friends, but I was there and I saw it. So I ended up being in court because of this because I had to be the witness, you know? Um, so things like this, that at some point you say, okay, I cannot, I cannot handle this anymore. You know, like right. it's like it's too much drama. So um, this is how I decided to like move on. I said, okay, I still want to find like my passion, but I want to find it in a place where it's not it's uh, safe. <laughs> type of situation, you know, like I want, right. I want it to be a bit more normalized, you know? Right, right, hundred percent. And sometimes in life, that's what you have to do. You have to separate yourself from people, places, situations, in order for you to take the next step. Because if you got the wrong circle of people around you, sometimes they can hold you down and hold you back. Even if you're, even if you have the best intentions, and you might think they're cool people and they're nice to you, if they're doing the wrong things, man, and you're you're in that environment, they're naturally gonna kind of connect you to them, and you know, it can only bring you down. So I think it. So I think it's it's very important. Uh, the circle of friends and the environment, the people that you keep around you, because you know a lot of times, you if you look at a group of people, you know you you can kind of decide and and subconsciously define who you think, uh, you know the type of people they are, just just based upon the group. You know what I'm saying? So even if you are just a excellent person doing everything the right way, if the people around you are complete opposite from the outside looking in, we're naturally going to judge you as one of them. You know what I'm saying? So. I think I think okay. that's a, a great yeah a great point. For me, it was not even the problem of being judged as one of them. It was really the direct experience I was having. Like I was, it it was like I didn't have any other choice. Or I follow my passion and I am in this environment, or I am maybe in a safer environment, but with situations that I don't like. Right. That is not my passion. So it was a bit unfair, but it is what it is. Now Italy is not like this anymore. There there is a lot of hip hop clubs and everyone is integrated with each other. Like in the span of like 12 years, this much change happened. That's so, but when I was 18, no. <laughs> I could argue, I could argue Maria that you might've played a large piece, a large role in the changing the last 12 years. You were kind of that first person that say, you know what? I'm bringing hip hop here. I'm bringing the culture. We're going to dance. We're going to boogie. We're going to listen to Afro beats. Now you fast forward 12 years later, everything that you were trying to introduce to the culture and be a part of, they're doing. So, I mean, round of applause right. to you. <laughs> but thank you. I wouldn't take so much merit on my own, but okay. Maybe I normalized it for Venice. So there for people not to, be, not to be shocked anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. But you talk about, you know, you know, obviously transitioning and, and finding your passion and, by the looks of it, it seems like you found just that. You've done just that. 
Um, you're a huge, huge personal branding coach. You know, you know all things about building up brands. Explain to me, explain to the porch fans who are listening in, just how exactly did you land on on this role and on, on, on this position? Well, I decided to become a coach four months ago. Oh, so this is brand new. Yes, it's brand new. Gotcha. But okay, it comes from a whole path, a whole journey. So when I first moved to Dubai, I found this job after two months that I was here in my sick two years time uh, as the brand manager. And I was not happy. Like I didn't like it at all. It was a bad work situation in general. And one day when, when my sickness was at its peak, I received this call. I was still sending out CVs all the time, hoping for something better, you know. And I received this call from a talent agency telling me, do you want to become a talent manager? Didn't even know what it was. Like, no idea. Yes, let me take the interview. Give me anything. <laughs> yes. So I took the interview and they explained to me, because talent for me is a singer, is an actor, you know. I like I was a bit confused. It's not like in Dubai, it's full of the cinema right. industry is so big, you know. So I was, they were talking to me about influencers. You are going to be a manager for influencers. We call them talent, but they are influencers, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even know it existed. Like influencer, yes. But I didn't know it existed, the figure of like a manager for influencers. Once they explained to me the role, I'm like, I'm in, I'm in. So they hire me and I work one year as an influencer manager in this agency. And then after one year, uh, that I was doing all on my own. Like I was making the whole department running for the influence management in the agency. They tell me, okay, we will promote you at the end of the year. Once the year is completed, we will promote you. You will become a higher position, blah, blah, blah. So it was the 28th of December, I think. They come inside the office. It was 10, 10 days before I completed one year. And I'm like, amazing. They're going to promote me. Yay. They call me in the office and they tell me, Maria, you're fired. Bye-bye. What? Yes. Are you kidding me? 10 days before the year, they called that you in. If I, did they give you a reason why? Like, what, what was the reason behind it? The reason is like, uh, the, the branch is shutting down in Dubai. Wow, man. So and, basically it was, a, it was like a huge layoff is what, is what it sounds like. Oh yeah, my God. So, Talk about your emotions. Like when that, in that moment, like I know you had to be just distraught, like just shocked. Look, the emotion, I wasn't even shocked. I went directly in problem-solving mode. Mm. I said, okay, I'm not going through the changing the job and looking for a job again in Dubai after three years I'm here. I will open on my own. That's mm. it. So I was already planning eventually to have my own business. So it was something I was talking about. I went out of the office that day. Actually, the manager, because she was also changing a company, she told me, do you want to come with me to the new company? I will take you. I said, no. I went out of the office. I called my friend, a friend of mine, like someone I know. I said, listen, would you want to invest in this project? And he was crazy enough to believe in me and say, yes, okay. After two hours, I was the uh, business owner. Like wow. I license. Yes. Hold on real quick, Maria. So just to kind of bring it all together, make sure the porch family can understand what you're saying. You you find so you were you went to Dubai, two years of being sick, you finally get healthy, you get you a job. You're the talent manager for this company. You're grinding, you're doing very well on the job. You're 10 days away from hitting a year. They call you in, you're thinking you're about to get a promotion, but instead they're shutting their breath down, you get fired. Two hours later. You called up a friend. You said, hey, friend, 
Do you believe in me? I need you to put some money where your mouth is and invest in me. He does it in two hours. You're now a business owner. That's incredible. Yeah. I've never heard nothing like that before. I got some real good friends, Maria, but I don't know if I can call them right now and have them invest money. I, are you comfortable saying what, what the amount of the investment was? If not, no problem at all. I'm just a little curious of like, how much money did he throw at you? Yeah. So fortunately, because we started small, like I just wanted a license to start operating even without an office, like as a freelancer. Mm -hmm. So the first, the initial um, investment was around $5,600, $6, around that. Yes, gotcha. Not too much, but still to call yeah. a friend and just say, hey, I need $5,000, $6,000. That's still a lot, man. So shout, kudos and shout out to whoever your friend is for believing yes. in you and making that investment. That, that's huge, man. I'm going to have to call my friend after this podcast here and see if I can get me a quick investment. So right. <laughs> try and let me know. I'm going to let you know how it goes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um. So, yes. And I started. I called all the influencers that I was already managing and I told them, come with me. So I basically took all the business from them. Mm, smart. And I had the clause of non-competing for two years. So I completely ignored it. Like I completely said, okay, I don't care. You know, so yeah. I took everything. And after few days, I say one week we were operating. Yes. Mm, wow. So this is how I started my entrepreneurial journey. And wait, because it's not finished. So I open and after one month, Corona starts. So I am in the middle of launching a business. And one of the reasons why I wanted to become an entrepreneur was because I want to be free to travel the world. Mm, so I, I don't it. even need an office. I can operate remotely. I don't care. And then, hi, I am Corona. I'm locking you down. Wow. <laughs> it's like every time you try to take two steps forward, <laughs> someone tries to push you four steps back. It's like, what in the world? So, so but, tell me, how'd you get through this? <laughs> But to be honest with you, for me, it was a relief, Corona, because it was a moment in which I could rest. Gotcha. So I was I was finally sleeping, you know, after Aztec culture a bit slow down. Um, but the first three months of the company, of course, also because of the lockdown, like the, the business went, even the business that I had lined up yep. from the previous things and et cetera, and they all canceled, all the campaigns, everything was canceled. Mm -hmm. So the first three months, zero money. And I remember that friend that, that gave me the money told me, okay, I already know I will never see the money again. I will never see my investment back again. Mm. And I was like, no, 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 wait, hang on. And uh, after three months, like in those three months of like lockdown and everything that was happening in the world, I was still sending out emails all the time. You know, I was making people know I am on my own now, etc. And when the situation with Corona went to be better here in Dubai, especially things unblocked. Boom. After three months, I start making money. Pam, 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 pam. I made, so three months, nothing. The next three months, I made $250,000. Oh, 200, yeah. 200, whoa, whoa, whoa. Too much is that. Your life is like a movie. So you I went know. from three months making no money to three <laughs> yeah. months made $250,000. What in yeah. the world, Marie? Who, who are yeah. you? No, but but this is also like thank you for the like okay I want to take the merit but I also have to say it's also because of the situation right with Corona right like things unleashed after especially for social media 
So, so then, and then from like we picked um from then I we have always had a, a good <laughs> performance in the company till this day. So that's yeah. incredible. That's such an inspiration. You know, I like to call myself an entrepreneur, you know, myself. I mean, I do have a nine to five, so to speak, right now, but I have my own clothing brand. I also we have our podcast here. So I, I know the hustle, I know the the grind and those long days, those long months where sometimes things aren't going your way. So to, to see things, you know, finally start to move in the right direction. And now you're being, you're, you're so successful. You're traveling the world, doing exactly what you wanted to do. It has to be an, an incredible, incredible feeling. Um, Just, you know, let's dive a little bit more deeper into the actual like X's and O's, so to speak, like the day-to-day of what you do and, and, and how exactly are you helping others, you know, build up their brands? So, um, so, because I was having this company, so it's an influencer management company, I have a lot of experience with dealing with social media. And I see what is important in social media, what audiences reply to and so on. And in that three months of lockdown and Corona and stuff, I was using TikTok for to learn how to use it because it was booming in this region. And I wanted to teach it to my to the influencers I was managing. And because I was using it just out of like whatever, for fun. One day, one of my videos went viral. I started getting followers, followers, followers. And it wasn't even my in my plans. And TikTok Arabia contacted me. They said, hey, do you want to be part of our meme creators? And I said, okay, like, why not? Let's take this, let's take the opportunity. So from then I started getting more and more collaborations on TikTok and getting followers and so on. So after four years, let's say, of being... Uh, five years of being an influencer manager, three years of being a creator myself, I said, you know what? I need to share this, um, ex- like, this expertise because I see a lot of people talking about social media and I want to tell them, what are you saying? That's not true. <laughs> or talking about making money or social, on social media and making it so complicated. And even when people are asking me, but how many followers do I have to have to make money on social media to start selling as an influencer? I'm like, it's not about the followers. Like these, they lack the real things that actually brands will ask you when they come to you to work on a specific collaboration or whatever. So... I started saying, okay, you know what? I will put out there a course, how to become a successful influencer, just to make some money on the side, you know, something that is there. So once the course is up and I publish it, it was February. I'm like, okay, this feels better than I thought. Okay, let me become a coach. Okay. And this is how I started. So (laughs) then I I started creating a membership and... um, and now I do also private coaching. So people start reaching out to me when I put up the course and they started asking me questions and so on. And I understood, okay, this is what people are actually asking in the world that is not my industry. Because when you are inside of it, for you, for me, some things are normal that I understand that for others are not and they need the explanation and so on. And the reason why I call myself a personal branding coach is because Yes, I can. I could call myself an influencer coach, but that's not the main thing that will make you earn money on social media. I think that being an influencer, because I have also been one, like I collaborated with brands and I made money through brands collaboration and etc. I don't see the longevity of it. I don't see how it could be a long-term career. Mm. 
I, I manage the influencer for years now. Some of them I've been in the market for years and I saw how their, their career went, you know, right. it's difficult to stay relevant just as an influencer because an, a commercial influencer leaves off brands collapse. And after a while that you are promoting brands, you become irrelevant because people will understand that you are doing it only for the money. Mm. You know, like it, there are so many brands that you can actually genuinely promote. If you right. start promoting every single makeup brand in the face of the earth, people will understand, you know, and then it becomes when you do a lot of collaboration in a month, your page becomes like Amazon. You know, you're right. just promoting things left and right. So for me, what is important is that an influencer uses leverage, leverages that audience that they build through being an influencer and that reputation and also the money that they make through being an influencer to actually have their own personal brand and launch their own thing at some point. Mm. That could be a fashion brand, like their own brand in terms of a business. They could be a service provider. I don't know. For example, if someone is a very good fashion influencer, they can they can sell their services of fashion styling, for example, or their own agency or anything. Some of them, they use it to leverage it into, I don't know, becoming actresses, singers, um, presenters, right. whatever it is. But to be able to do that, you have to have a personal brand because a lot of influencers, what they do is that they lose themselves into just becoming promoters for brands and they lose their authenticity. So mm. they start losing followers and followers will not follow them if they move to another career eventually. Right. Because, yeah. So what I'm teaching is, yes, okay, I can also teach you how to make money as an influencer, but always with the, in the back of your mind, the fact that we need to reach somewhere else. Right, so right. You're, you're, you're always teaching more of a long-term plan. It's like, okay, yeah, we, we can make the short-term money as an influencer. I'll teach you how to do that. But at some point, that's going to stop. And how yes. can you leverage this energy, this amount of followers, for you to create something that's everlasting, something that's whether it's a clothing brand or a podcast or something that's like, okay, use your name, use your likeness, use your, your brand, your personal brand to where now, okay, if these other bigger brands no longer want, want to work with you or whatever the case may be, you built up a platform of your own that you own that now you're good. You're good for life, potentially, because now you, you're really making that money. So I, I think that's 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 really huge, man. And, I, I, you know, me, again, we've had this podcast for a while, but we're always trying to learn. So I'm sitting here taking mental notes myself and just trying to really learn, like, okay, how can we... Yeah you know, elevate our show. And, and, and a question that I've always had and I wanted to bring to you is, I, I feel like there's a lot of times when people have a good product or, the, you know, they're the, a good influencer or, or whatever the case may be, right? But for whatever reason, they're struggling with the marketing aspect of it. Like, even I'll, I'll, I'll admit, even with our, our porch following here, we have a pretty decent following online, but mm -hmm. we feel like we have a really great show. You know what I'm saying? We've had a ton of big-time guests, it's fun energy, it's educational, etc. But we feel like a, not enough people just know about it. So, like, I guess, what would some of your, I guess, I guess, knowledge be for just people in this position where it's like, okay, you have a good product, how can, how do you push it though? How, how do you push it to the masses so people actually know about it? So this is why I 
this is exactly why my clients are influencers, creators, aspiring influencers and creators, but also service providers. So if someone comes to me and they tell me, look, I want to be a coach, teach me how to be a coach on social media and make money out of it in social media. I can do that. So in your case, when people come to me and they tell me, I don't have enough exposure, like I don't reach enough people. The problem is always very much um, put in the outside, right? So it's always, oh, what is the code I need to crack to go Mm. viral? Or what is the algorithm like? Or explain to me, while for me, these things are bullshit, utter bullshit. Like when I see social media gurus, you know those videos that you see that they tell you eh, latest act of 2023 for TikTok is yeah. you need to say one sentence in one second and then the algorithm, the retention rate, like and the hashtags you need to use. And I'm like, how much money are you making? Right. Like, what are you saying? You know, what are you saying? Because I work with people that have even like I manage people that have even shitty engagement and they still make shit load of money every month. Because Mm. it's not that what is important, okay? Now, when people start asking me these questions, I feel that they think that social media is something that you need to crack, like a video game, you know? You have to have the tips and tricks on how to kill the villain in the best way, in the quicker way. No, 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 no. Social media is about people, okay? Social media is, is called social because people need to socialize inside of it. So all your content is good, or it's not good. It's not like if you use hashtags and you post at 6 p.m. instead of 6 a.m., you will have you will become a creator. No, mm. it's about your content. So when people tell me I'm stuck at a certain point, first of all, I try to ask them, what do you mean stuck? Because you are not growing? Like Because the only number you need to look at when you are on social media is your bank account number. Nothing else. Ooh, Nothing else. That. nothing else because i don't care if you have 1 million followers 12 million followers but then your bank account has nothing because you don't know how to actually monetize that following or how to actually make money out of it Mm. so are you really stuck that's a good question yeah first question the second question is if you feel like you're stuck because you say yes i don't feel i'm making enough money then we need to work on your content we don't need to work on marketing strategies it's like okay it means you have a good product it's amazing whatever you're teaching is amazing whatever you want to the the message you're delivering it's amazing we need to work on the way you are delivering it because social media as a culture right so even if i am the deepest person in the world and i'm interested in knowing even things that are not silly let's say and i want to stay in to your in your video you still need to catch my attention Right. Because unfortunately, we are all in this mannerism, you know, like, yeah. it's too easy to do like this. Yeah. So I need to see something that catches my attention. And people think it's the hook. No, it's not the hook. Because if you say something like three tips to go viral today, it's a hook. And I'm still scrolling because I see 100 of uh, videos like that. Right. It's not about the hook. It's about really your charisma on social media. I think that is all. It's a mix of delivering the the message in the right way and being authentic. So really coming to social media with your personality. Because at the end of the day, you cannot be a creator if you don't have the creator personality. It's not something that you you can learn. 
yes, right. you can improve it, but you still have to be a person that is listenable. You understand yeah, what you, I mean? You either have it or you don't, you know what I'm saying? And I agree with that I mean, 100%, yes. you know? And I believe that the people that are attracted to social media, they have it, even if they never start social media. Because I know people that don't, they don't care at all about social media. They don't, they don't have it. But when you start having that thing of, I could do this, I mm. could do this. It means that you have it inside of you and you just need to understand how to do it. And the problem with social media is that a lot of people have a lot of fears regarding it because it amplifies the stage fright, exposure, fear of judgment. You know, uh, it amplifies things like perfectionism and things like that because you have so much reach, right? Right. So I work very much with all the people I coach. I work very much in mindset even before strategy because I understand that the point comes always from there. Like mm. what is really, what is blocking you on social media? And then of course I work on making them understand that you can have the most perfect strategy and still not be reaching a success. Because even if you have the perfect strategy in terms of SEO keywords and hashtags and posting time and this and that, but then your content sucks because you are not saying anything. It, like it, you, what you, st- you know what it's, I mean it's still not gonna be successful like you gotta have the good content before you can have anything one thing I want to ask you though real quick but before before I, it leaves my mind earlier you said you can make some good money without having a ton of followers I need you to kind of mm-hmm. explain to me a little bit more on that because I, I was always of the belief that in order for you to really start monetizing you got to have like at least 10,000 plus followers to even have a chance. Like right now, our podcast has like 1,800 followers right now. We have a good show. We, 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 you know, we get good listens. We have like our core group of people who are always going to support and do, and do, you know, do those things. But 1,800 followers, I'm thinking like, there's no way we can really make money on social media. But it sounds like I've been thinking wrong. So please educate me on that piece of it. Okay. Now I give you examples of my influencers just to make you feel the proportion it's not because you need to take these numbers into consideration but it's just to make you understand the proportion so i have an influencer i manage an influencer that has around let's say seven hundred thousand followers on instagram okay she makes she used to make like so in 2020 she made four hundred thousand dollars four hundred thousand in one year okay from social media alone okay gotcha through brands collaborations alone. And when I say brand collaboration, the people think, okay, she was doing one brand collaboration a day, a 3000 video for brand collaboration. No, no, no. It's like four collaborations per month. And usually one collaboration sounds like, okay, one picture post plus six story frames, $3,500. Like this is a collaboration. Okay. So imagine that. Yeah. It's not that. So she made four hundred thousand dollars in twenty twenty. Now, uh, last year twenty twenty two, she made two hundred thousand dollars, which is still a lot of money. But you see how less it is. Right. Why? Because she's getting irrelevant. This is why. Mm. Like I'm telling you mm, straight. Another influencer of mine that has fifty thousand followers, she is making per month, like like per month every month at least $6,000 per month, which, okay, it's not, it's not uh, $200,000 a year, but you see the proportion, 
Like yeah. she had 50,000 followers and she makes 6,000 per month. The other one has almost 1 million followers. Right. And right. make, you see the proportion. So in that case, why this person is making less than, um, why this person is proportionally making less than this one? Because she's irrelevant. She's not relatable. She doesn't have an engaged community. While this one, brands want to collaborate with her rather than with the other because she has a community that does what she says because what brands are looking for is are you able to provide sales for me yes mm. then i don't care like if you're able to provide sales i pay you but it doesn't matter if you have one million followers and this other girl that i was talking about she has one million followers she has almost like seven hundred thousand followers when she promotes a code like it happened once that she promoted a code and she had two sales mm. Two wow. out of 700,000, you know? So you understand that numbers in this case, they don't, they don't matter for a brand. Of course, they would rather work with the other one and pay even the other one more. So when I was uh, working as, um, as an influencer, I was having 10,000 followers on TikTok, 6,000 on Instagram. I was already collaborating with brands. I was making 3,000 per month. That's crazy. So, so real quick, because like, I'm taking these. I, I, how like how did the conversation with brands even happen? Like, are you reaching out to the to the brands? Are they coming to you at that point? Like, kind of what's the steps? Both. Okay. Both so because like why I was already making that money with this little following because I knew the strategy. I knew like because through like managing other influencers. I know how the conversation goes. I know what brands are looking for. So I knew how to approach them. So the first thing, if you want to approach brands, okay. A lot of people, they just send their media kit portfolio link to their, to their social media and say, please consider me to work together. Why? Thinking about it as a CV. If you are an entrepreneur and you will receive an, a CV of someone and someone is saying to you, uh, this is my CV, please consider me. I will not even open it. There's no because, effort there. Right. Everyone's doing the same thing. It's nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah. But if they tell me, hi, Maria, I'm following you on Instagram and I know exactly what you do in your business. And I think because of my experience that this, this, this is what you should do. And I would be able, I open this. I don't even open the CV. I already hire you mm. because you did that extra step. So you want to work with the brand, try to understand a bit. What is their branding value? What is their marketing strategy? What type of other advertisement they're doing? Try to see if there is a specific problem. Approach them and tell them, hey, I am a content creator. Uh, I do this, this, this. These are my platforms. I saw that you are doing ABC. And I think I could, I could help you in doing this, this, this as well. So be proactive that you need to make them understand that you know the brand. So mm -hmm. you are the right association for them. Even if you don't know shit about the brand, okay? You just did your uh, your homework yesterday, okay? But still, <laughs> yes, right. but still, like this is the right way to at least make them listen to you or reply to you because maybe they don't have marketing budget in that, in that moment. They will tell you no, but you will have at least the reply. In the moment you have the reply is the moment when you can build the relationship. So next time they will come to you. Mm. Gotcha. It's time they need someone. That is one thing. The other thing is you have to how can ride the wave. So whenever one of your videos or one of your content, something is starting going a bit viral, like you see that 
gets a better performance than others, that is the time you attack because it's the time in which there are people seeing you, getting used to you. So it's the time in which people will want, brands will want to associate with you because you are in that in that moment of peaking. Right, right, that you know? wave, yep. Yeah, so you don't wait because a lot of people, they wait until I get enough followers, I get viral a lot of times, so I will have enough proof to, no, no, no. Do it immediately. In the moment you are starting going viral because when I started going viral here, here in, um, in my TikTok, I had people stopping me on the street telling me, oh, you are the girl from TikTok, right? That's crazy. And at that time, at that time, I didn't even have that many followers. Like, but I said, okay, this means that people are seeing me. So I am familiar, you know? So you have to kind of use even your weaknesses and your strength always in your advantage. Mm. You the point, Darnell, is always that you are a business. Even if you are an influencer, a creator, a service pro, whatever, you are an entrepreneur because it's your own business and you need to think it, to think about it with the mentality of an entrepreneur like you had a company. It's the same thing. Got you. So, um, you got me fired up over here, man. I'm ready to run through a brick wall right now. We might we might have to hire you on for, for the Porsche podcast. For my clothing brand called Live for the Day Clothing Brand, because we got we got some good things. We got the good product, Maria. We're just we haven't we haven't pushed it to the level that I, I know it could be at. And just hearing this education from you and this knowledge is is really put a fire in my belly to make me believe that we can we can really do this. Like we got something special here. We just gotta you know what I'm saying just understand you know the how these brands work, what they look at, what they care about. What's the conversation to have with them, um, et cetera? Uh, one, one other question I have uh, specific about the brands, when you're negotiating like payment or price or things like that, is there, are there any specific keys or tips that you would give your influencers or brands of how to approach that? Like, should you wait and, and let the brand kind of throw out the number first and then you kind of, you know, counter that? Or should you kind of come prepared with a specific number that, that you already have in mind? it's better always to wait for them to tell you their budget because you don't want to play it small. Mm. Uh, now, the thing is this, brands, because brands, there is this problem in the industry, okay? Because brands know that influencers don't take themselves seriously as a business. They will always try to kind of manipulate the influencer, the narrative in the conversation and say, oh, we don't have enough budget because they know that influencers don't have experience. So while an agent like me that manages a lot of influencers, I know what the rates are around, like I know what more or less the market is, but an influencer on his own, they, they don't. They are always very, they always ask me, what should they charge? Because they don't. Brands, they know this. So they always go directly to the influencer rather than going to managers and agents because they want to take the advantage of that. Right. Now, it's always better if they tell the budget first, but if they really insist on, I'm, I want to know your prices, I want to know your prices, my suggestion is always never go lower $300. Never. Like if they're just asking you for one set of stories, so six story frames, don't go lower than $300. I saw people giving rates like $20. It's That's crazy. a waste of time. Like... <laughs> no, no. So no, never go lower than that. Now, 
the I, I wouldn't put a ceiling in your prices because at the end of the day, it's not a fixed price list. It's not like the grocery shopping. Every influencer, every creator is different. You know, there are people right. that have a lot of followers, but few engagement, people that have few followers, but a lot of community, like it depends. So you need to be comfortable giving your own what you value yourself for. But whenever you give um, a price, always make it $500 more or a bit more because brands will always negotiate, always. So if if you want to give $5,000, tell them $5,500. And then they will tell you, can we do four? And then you say, mm, maximum I can do is five. You know, so always... Yeah like a bit of markup for you to have the space to negotiate to the price that you actually want. Um, For the rest, don't let them convince you. Like if they start telling you, oh, but we really don't have budget. I know that you want 5,000, but we don't have budget. We have 2,000. No, because otherwise you make them see that you did did $3,000 discount. No, no, no. So you can start negotiating on the things you can do for them. So instead of lowering your price, you can tell them, okay, but maybe I can add this, I can add this. Then if they're cheap, okay, let them go. But uh, whatever. But yes, don't negotiate your prices too much. This is what I'm saying. Like stand your ground, like in terms of this is my my value. Got you. And it makes a lot of sense too, because I feel like if you just fall for any price, now, now, you know, you'll you'll settle for anything twenty dollars here forty dollars here and now it's like you're not making real money you're not making like longevity or making this a career out of things so i do think that that's that's some really good advice now when you're making these deals with brands is there a a a contract i'm assuming that that needs to be written up yes so always do always contract don't ever collaborate without a contract if they don't have and they have to send you the contract as brands they have to Mm. send you the contract if they don't have, they, they don't want to do contract because maybe it's something very small. It's like one picture, you do it today, you post it tomorrow, at least a confirmation email. So right. something written, okay. The second thing, always ask for payments in advance because the marketing field is the worst regarding meeting deadlines in terms of payments. Usually brands, they will tell you, we will pay you 30 days from the moment you post all the content. 30 right. days after. Net 30. And then it becomes 45. I'm telling you. I'm Tr- telling you. Trust because- me. I, 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 not to cut you off, I've had, I've experienced this, not with necessarily like brands, but I do, obviously I do hosting. I do like a lot of sports content. I've worked with the company. I'm going to leave their name out because I don't want to, you know, put no bad energy out there. But it was supposed to be a net 30. And that net 30 turns into like a net 60. And I'm I'm blowing them up via email. Like, where is my money? I'm trying to be nice, but you're playing with my money. Where is it at? So, please, Porsche family, if you're, you guys are listening to this to this episode, that's one of the key points. Get your money up front. Please continue, uh, Maria. <laughs> if if it's possible, because okay, if you are an influencer that like you have ten thousand followers and you're dealing with L'Oreal Group, okay, maybe they will not change their policy because of you. Right, but. Right. It's also true that if you're dealing with L'Oreal Group, even if they tell you their policy is 30 days, it's L'Oreal. You have to say yes, okay? But if it is something else, at least agree on something. 25% in advance, 50% in advance, 10% in advance, 25% middle of the campaign, 50% at the end, but something. Because 
otherwise because it's also a way to establish your worth you know like you want to make them see you're serious like no like I don't work for free you know I don't do content in advance I don't so it's a good thing it's also for you to like protect yourself and then invoice give them an invoice even if you have no idea what the invoice is go to the templates on google template of invoice and give them an invoice because it shows that you're professional so if you ask them payment in advance give me a contract and you send them an invoice they understand that you are not you know an amateur you're not a rookie more so these are my tips in terms of like negotiating with brands I love it, man. I can really, hey, I can see the passion in your voice when you're talking about that. I can tell, like, you're in, I know it's like 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning where you're at, but you're you're wide awake talking about these brands. And, again, I love it because, again, we're, you know, everyone has a brand to some to some degree, whether it's, you know, even if you're just, you barely post anything, everyone has some type of brand, the way people, companies, et cetera, the way they view you. So I think even for the common folk who are listening in right now, I think this is some some real gems, some real good, you know, just educational pieces here that you can learn and, and, and carry on for your own business, your own personal life, et cetera. And uh, I, hey, I I know you probably think I'm kidding. I'm like, we're going we're gonna to talk offline a little bit here, Maria. I might, we might have talked some business between me and you because I got some things rolling. We got the porch right here. And I'm like, man, we got to learn a way to really make some serious money. Um, One last thing I want to ask you before we kind of switch gears here. I don't want to keep you, keep you too long. Um, now, I know you said that you shouldn't worry about the algorithm too much on social media. Like, you should worry about putting out good content. But let's talk about Instagram specifically. You mm-hmm. have to admit, Instagram's mm-hmm. algorithm is horrible. Like, compared to TikTok. TikTok, I've seen so much success where I, I've had, like, 10 or so videos go either viral or semi-viral with 500,000 plays, 800,000 250,000. I put those same exact videos on Instagram. You get seven views. And it's like, what? I have, you know, almost 2,000 followers. Why is none of my followers seeing it? Why? There's no way no one is seeing this. Like, like seven views? Like, it, it makes no sense to me. And I'm starting to really dislike Instagram. And I've been shifting my energy a little bit more towards TikTok. Because TikTok, you can have no followers, post a clip, and it, it gets a million views. Where Instagram, you can have a million followers, post a clip, and it gets 10 views. It makes zero. I don't like, do you have any information that you can give to myself? Because I've been struggling. Yes. So I have three things to say regarding this. Okay. The first thing is that every platform is different. Okay. So as a user of TikTok, I wouldn't want to see on Instagram the same content that I see on TikTok, right? Because Instagram is more an aesthetic vibe. So what I noticed since the very beginning of me starting my TikTok, like on TikTok, I have 155,000 followers. On Instagram, I have 11,000. Like why all those followers didn't come to Instagram? Because they are not similar type of apps. Like they are different vibes, okay? It's like saying, if you are a Twitter user, you are not necessarily a TikTok user, you know, it's the same. That is one thing. The second thing is um, you need to also understand if you resonate with Instagram, because I feel that Instagram is becoming like Facebook. So it's something that, or LinkedIn, it's something that you need to have, 
Okay. I don't think that in 2023, you cannot have Instagram. You have to have Instagram. It's like your business card, especially if you are in the marketing industry. However, if you don't want to grow a following there, if you don't want to necessarily do your business in there, I completely understand because everyone resonates with different with different platforms. Like for me, I am on Instagram and on uh, TikTok and on YouTube, but I just started. So I have 50 subscribers. My goodness. So, <laughs> so, um, so I talk a lot about that because it's my experience. But if someone that is a creator and want to be a creator on Snapchat come to me, I can advise also them because I don't mind. Like I know social media, it, but Snapchat doesn't resonate for me as a creator. So if you don't want to post on Instagram anymore, don't. Like, I don't think it's necessary. You can do everything on TikTok and YouTube. Like, mm. I don't think there is a better platform, to be honest. Gotcha. The other thing is, it might be that when you cross post something, so let's say you have a short format video and you want to post it on TikTok, on Reels, on Shorts, on YouTube, it might work differently because of the editing styles that you choose, mm. you know? So... Um, it's not a watermark thing. You know, when people tell you, uh, you shouldn't post on Instagram uh, watermark videos with the TikTok watermark, or you shouldn't post, you should use the camera, the built-in camera on Instagram or the built-in camera on TikTok. Bullshit, okay, bullshit. <laughs> I went viral last last uh, last week yeah. using, uh, like for a podcast that I did and I did the whole editing was in other apps and I had even the captions and I went viral. So it's not true. But it's true that is the style of the editing that maybe is not matching Instagram aesthetic and what user on Instagram would want to see. So it's a struggle because editing the same thing in three different ways for three different apps is a struggle, but maybe consider that. Then when people tell me that Instagram algorithm is shit, yes, it's more difficult than TikTok, but I have to disagree because I have a client of mine. She started Instagram on the 9th of March, 2023. 9th of March, she had 42 followers. Now is the, what? Uh, 31st of May, she has almost 5,000 followers. What? That quick? Yes. What did you yes. do? You have the secret sauce, Maria, and we need yeah. to know it. <laughs> I just told her, post every day. And she posted everyday reels. The aesthetic is nice. She's a travel she's a travel content creator. So she was posting a lot of tips on traveling, on traveling to Europe using like really tips, good tips on how to save time when you want to visit places in Europe. And so many of her videos on, on reels went viral. So many. So she got followers. So this is why I'm telling you, is the content. It's what you the, the message you deliver in the content. Look, one thing that is tricky with, with podcasts, I feel, because I also post uh, on TikTok my own podcast. So I, I, I saw that that is tricky, is that sometimes before arriving to the juicy part of a specific moment of your podcast, there is a moment of asking the question. Mm. People don't always don't always stay to listen to what the question is. Right. So, the first three I mean, seconds, you have to start almost immediately. I feel like sometimes, like, at, like a lot of times with our videos, I try to start off at right at the juicy part. Oh, 
yeah. like immediately. Yes. So edit, like for example, if you see even my shorts, now I am the one who is editing my uh, shorts. So my video editor put the podcast together. Then she gives me she gives me the full one hour, and then I do all the shorts. Yeah. Uh, I cut them and cut them and cut them as much as I can, even in between. Like if I do a pause, if in the podcast I'm doing like ah, uh, I will cut it out. Like I make fast, 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 like talking, you know, mm. because people don't have patience don't have patience on especially on tiktok <laughs> they don't have yeah. patience so this is my advice in terms of if you want to be catchy you know like catch the attention yeah. and then of course it's the way you talk and it's the message you deliver it needs to be catchy it cannot be always the same things that other people are saying and so on but um but don't worry like if you're not going viral on instagram fuck instagram <laughs> like start somewhere else you know like I don't think it's a must. I think you need to use the platforms that your audience is at. You know, like people that you really, do you want Instagram people anyway? Instagram oh. people are boring. I'm telling you. They Instagram are boring. People are boring. So, you know, Maria, I, we just want to make some good money. So where the money is, at, we, we want to be ourselves, be authentic, uh, storytell, have great people like yourself on the show, have fun. And make some money doing it. That like that's the dream. Like for me, that's the that that's the overall dream goal of mine and, and my co-host who couldn't be here as well. Just to be in a position where you're free, kind of like you, where again you're working hard, you're busting your ass every single day, but you're doing it your way. You're able to travel. If you want to come to LA tomorrow, nothing's stopping you. You know what I'm saying? Like you can just be able to move free, and that's because of the business and the brands that you've been able to build up. And again, I think it's just such a huge inspiration and that's kind of where we want to get to with the porch and with the podcast and the different content things and we feel like we're so close to just like cracking the yeah, code so to speak but it's just like you need the extra little you know step to really get going i have a question for you though yes please. and the this question i swear it will make you understand many things the question is why you are posting on instagram so for me i just feel like again this is me being completely honest I don't I don't have the answer like in terms of like what's the best practices. So for me, I've always grew up just doing everything 110 miles per hour. So it's like, okay, I don't know which platform is going to work the best. I don't know which one's going to blow up, so to speak. So I just post on everything and just see what happens. We go to we go TikTok, we do the shorts, we do Instagram. I recently created like an actual uh, full Facebook page that's connected to the Instagram. So that automatically goes up there as well. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the guy, I do all the editing myself and premiere. I do all the shorts, all that stuff. And to answer your question, I just don't know which one is going to work. So just to make sure I'm hitting all areas, I just post on pretty much every platform. Okay. I know this type of mentality because I understand it as a entrepreneur. I was like that as well. Okay, um, for other things, but okay. It's like, I am gonna give the chance to anything to happen. And the first thing that happened, I grab it. Mm. This is exactly what I was saying before. It's, this is like to make it in simple. It's people pleasing type of terms. Like you are giving power to the app. Right. So you are saying, you are not choosing the app. You are making the app choosing you. You're right. You're you understand right. what I mean? Yes. So this is like when people come to me and they say, I want to be a creator. Okay. Why? Like, to make money. Mm. 
Okay, and now so I will tell me something viral to post. Okay, so if I tell you something viral to post and you go viral and you start getting followers, are these the followers you want? Because if I tell you, you will go viral if you talk about controversial stuff, like I don't know. Right, uh, politics, religion, like, something yeah. racist, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and you, you get all these followers. Are these the followers you want? No. So a lot of people, they think, okay, let me go to social media. I will go viral somehow. And then I will get followers. And once I have the followers, I will figure out what to do with it. No, it's completely the opposite because you need to build it yourself. Because to be honest with you, I even remove followers. Like mm. I, in my Instagram, I remove followers. Like when I have someone I don't like, I remove them because I don't want them. You understand? Like yeah. you need it's your community, it's your business. So you need to be intentional about it. I want to be on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter, or whatever you want, because I see where I can go in this app or what I can do in this app. So let's, when people tell you, don't put all your eggs in one basket, bullshit. This is bullshit. You have to put all your eggs in one, bas in one basket because you need to become an expert in something. So oh. choose two, three things and commit to that. Because if you are doing too many apps, you will never master any of them. And you will always like, okay, I don't mind. Let's hope to go viral. And what is blow what blows up, I will go for it. But do you even like that app? Do you even like the users of that app? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people, they tell me, go live on TikTok, go live on TikTok. I am not going live on TikTok. No matter how much you pay me to go live on TikTok. I did it for one year, okay? For one year, I was going live on TikTok for one hour every day, mm. okay? And I know the audience of TikTok lives. No. No, but on TikTok, you have so much reach. I don't care. I prefer going live on Facebook in my little Facebook group with nine people and save my energy and my, uh, I don't know, teaching and wisdom, whatever you want to call it, with people that I chose rather than anyone that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it needs to be really coming from you. It's you who decides, it's not others. It, have you ever heard the social media gurus telling you need to pick a niche yep, on social media? Yep. Why they say that you have to pick a niche? Because like this, when people come to your profile, they understand what you're about and they decide if following you or no. No, the reason why you need to pick a niche is because you need to attract the customers and audience that you want. It's all about them choosing if following you or not. It's because you want people in that niche. Mm, because if I post about fashion and I attract people from food, I don't want them, right? So I post about fashion and I niche down. I don't think picking a niche is necessary, but to make you understand. And I niche down because I want people from that specific niche like me. Because if I have to freaking talk with these people all the time for the rest of my life to build a community, I want people that resonate. And I resonate with Otherwise, I need to fake it. Mm. It's the same. So don't give so much power to the algorithm, to the apps, to this and that. You you have the power of doing it yourself. Man, I, love, I appreciate that. That that means a lot. And I, I feel like I've learned so much. And I'm going to have to bring you back on here for like a part two, because I, I, I still have yes. like a thousand more questions. And I, you know, you're so intelligent. You have so much wisdom. And uh, man, th th this has been incredible. Uh, we we do like to close out our show with more of like a fun segment. 
Um, obviously, I mean, we talked all about business and work, but I kind of want people to know, like, when you're not working, when you're not helping your clients out, when you're not doing all the the, the day to day grind, what does Maria like to do for fun? Like, are you are you obviously you like to travel? Are you going to the beach? I don't know. Are you in a relationship? Like, this, like, who is Maria when she's not working every single day? I sleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You you definitely need it. I'm sure you do. <laughs> no, actually, I love sleeping. But no, actually, what I do is um, I travel. I love traveling. But um, so my type of ideal travel is always the islands life. So I went to any island like uh, Maldives, Seychelles, Phuket, uh, Bali, like all these islands. Yeah. I'm going to go to Latin America next time to islands there. So I did the Asia side. I did a bit of Africa side. Now I will do the Latin America. And then lately, I finally found a place that plays the music I like to dance. So I'm going clubbing <laughs> on Saturday is where I give me I give myself that time. But um, otherwise, yes, I spend time with the people I love. This is what I do. Like, I I don't have a specific hobby at the time it's always the same it's dancing traveling this is what I try to do traveling lately I haven't been done it as much because when you start something new you know how it is when you're an entrepreneur you cannot really have that much free time but it will working towards there got you no I definitely get it man and and, and you kind of answered my next question I was going to ask you like how do you really focus on that that work-life balance but you kind of just kind of broke it down to me and it's a sacrifice you kind of gotta you know really go all in especially early in the early years for your business in order for it to be successful but i'm glad that you are finding that time you know you know on saturdays to dance hang with the family things like that so uh that's definitely cool so i have a uh, this is our final segment here it's called our doorbell segment just a couple Quick hitters, some fun, random questions, uh, just to kind of uh, get your brain thinking and kind of learn a little bit uh, more about you. Um, so the first question is, name one unique thing about yourself that may shock people. So what I mean by that, it could be something that you're into, uh, some type of, you know, interesting hobby that, that you like to do, some type of crazy fetish, food. Like It could be literally anything you can think of, something that's like very unique to yourself that maybe could shock or surprise people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking about too many things. Wait. Oh, and this is the porch. So I know, I know we've been educating and doing all that, but on the porch, we do like to get a little quote unquote spicy. We like to have a little fun. And so don't be afraid to just whatever's coming to your mind to, to, to say it on the mic. (laughs) I can lick my nose. Maria. Hold (laughs) on now. Hold on now. Time out. Time out. You waited to the end of the podcast to tell me that you can lick your nose. Now, you know you know what my next question, my next thing is going to be. Can you please show, show us on the podcast how you can lick your nose, please? Okay. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. Here's the build-up, the drum roll. Okay. She's doing it. <laughs> I didn't believe you. I'm not going to lie. I can't. <laughs> That is impressive. And my nose is bigger than yours, but my tongue, I just can't. I don't know how you did that. That is amazing. You can that, li- that is actually what I should influence people about. <laughs> right. That was you, my talent. <laughs> I, I, I can see it. You probably could get a million followers just showing people how to lick your nose. So 
<laughs> of course. That's impressive. I love it. I love it. Okay, so my next question. What yes. is the craziest DM you've ever received? Yeah. Uh, we are opening it. Okay. The craziest DM I've ever received is someone asking me if he could pay me to do my pedicure. Oh, the no, the foot fetish community is a real, real, real thing, man. So, like, nah, this is crazy because I feel like I, I was, it was somebody I talked to offline where they gave me like a crazy story too, where this guy wanted to like pay her to just like rub her feet, like give her a massage, like a foot massage. And it's like, wow, people are really into feet that much to where you're willing to pay money. Now, listen, I'm not, we're not judging people. I get everyone has their own thing that, that they're into, that they like. As a man, I appreciate my lady to have her feet done and her toes looking good. So I don't think there's nothing wrong with appreciating a woman keeping, you know, good care of her feet. But to go as far to be like, hey, man, I know you don't know me, but I'm willing to give you money to just give you a pedicure. Now, the, the question is, did you think about it? Did you, did you consider it? Did you think about it? No, it was too less money. <laughs> Look, so, all right, so... What what would be the amount that you would need to even consider letting someone give you a pedicure? Look, to be honest with you, Darnell, no, 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 there is no amount because look, even if at the end of the day, you're like, mm, that could be like, okay, if you tell me $1 million, okay, maybe I would consider it. But the point is like, would I believe it? Right. Right, yes. I feel and you. Then at the end of the day, okay, you have that weird million dollars. You will know for the rest of your life that it's because of something disgusting. And I don't think it will ever end to the pedicure. That that yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. Like the fact that you even asked me this, that lets me know that you're probably a little bit of a creep, and I can't even trust to be in a situation where it's me and you because I don't know what you're going. You know what I mean? Who knows where it could go to? So, nah, mm. definitely. I hear a lot of ladies these days are getting these uh these uh. People in her DMs asking for all types of stuff related to the feet. So uh, not surprised uh, that one. I need to put this even with another one that was actually asking me, can I pay you to clean your house while you tell me what to do in a bad way? Hold on. So, so like, for example, <laughs> so the guy or whatever will come to your house, wash your dishes, and you're like, wash those dishes harder. Sweep yeah. that floor. No, that's not the way you do it. Sweep it harder for you. That's what they yeah. wanted. Yes. To get bolstered. Now, I ain't going to lie, Maria. That's, I might pay somebody. I might, <laughs> I might accept some money for you to come clean my dishes. I need to tell you the truth. I considered it because I was like, mm, at least he can clean my apartment. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you know, as an entrepreneur, like the one thing you really don't have time to be focusing on is cleaning up the apartment. Like that's the last thing I'm trying to think about. I got so many things to worry about. Washing them damn dishes is not on my bucket list right now. So I'm going to have to reconsider that, man. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh. We got uh, two more for you, and, uh, and, yeah. and then we'll let you go. So, all right. This next one is, if you had to remove one of these things from your life, for the rest mm -hmm. of your life, which one would it be? You got to pick one. Social media, dancing, or sex. If you had to remove one of those from the rest of your life, no social more media. dancing. Which one are you picking? Social media. Social media. So why? Hold on. I didn't expect that. 
can you tell me why? Like that's your actual, that's how you make, well, not, it's kind of how you make some of your money. Like explain that to me. Okay, guys, sex cannot be removed. Like, come on. It's like saying food. Like, no. Dancing is my passion. It's what makes me happy. Mm. Without that, social media, okay, social media is also a passion, but it's what makes me money. You can always find another way to make money. That's a good answer, man. I'm not going to lie, man. For some reason, as an entrepreneur, I thought you were going to surprise me and, and pick sex. Only reason because it's like, I thought your answer was going to be, I know, trust me, I, I I can never pick it, but I know you're someone who's always working. You only get Saturdays to dance. So I'm like, I don't even know if you even got time to really, you know, explore that as much as you as you would like to. So maybe for you, it's easy for you to oh, do. Yeah. No, no, the time is there, but the problem is not that. The problem is that you always have to think long-term, you know, like how, how are you going to, like dancing and sex, at least for me, is something that comes from inside of you. It's an instinct. If you remove that, you mm. remove your nature, you know. Social media, yes, it's a passion, but it became a passion because I learned it. But it doesn't come instinctively out of me. Mm. I can apply the same type of passion to something else and we do it. No problem. I, love that. I can a... teach people how to wash dishes <laughs> while being insulted. <laughs> Teach people how to give pedicures and manicures. <laughs> now nah, that's yeah. that's an amazing answer, man. It, it comes from within you, you know. So I love that. I love that, man. Uh, last one here, and this is a fill in the blank. In five years, Maria will be blank. Take your time. Look, what I really want to be at in five years is to a place where I can enjoy life, like mm. live my life. Because I believe, okay, now I'm 30 years old. 30, yep. okay. 29, yep. You're 29? Yep. Oh, nice. So I think that the 20s, early 30s is where you have to put the hustle on, okay? Like, okay, because you also have the energy to do both things. So right. you can put the hustle at the same time, you still have energy to go have fun a bit and et cetera. But then you really need to prepare, especially for people that are working hard and seed so much and et cetera. You need to prepare the ground to actually be able to just thrive from there. You know, at least the base is there. From now on, I choose my terms. So I want to reach in five years from now, like actually I want to reach it already this year right. but let's say this idea from now i want it to be established the moment in which i live my life mm -hmm. without having always to think about wait okay i would like to travel today but maybe it's better if i travel next month because today i have this meeting this meeting it's better you know i want to be the priority will be myself mm. I love that. That's one of the, my best answers we've ever had. One of my favorite answers we've ever had on here on the show. And uh, one thing that we're firm believers in is once you speak it, it's in the air and it will happen. You know what I mean? I think you can, you can speak life. You can speak truth into life, life into truth, however you want to say it. And uh, the fact that you just spoke it into existence, I think your actions will, you know, lead to that thing that you're looking for. So uh, again, man. Yes, yes, yes. And so I, I'm a firm believer. So again, we appreciate you for hopping on here. We want you to give you the time here to kind of shout out, promote anything you want to, uh, you know, your Instagram page, your TikTok, your, your membership. If, if anyone wants to, you know, sign up for 
you know, class, anything you want to promote, this is your time to do so. Yeah, so I just want to say that uh, here in this podcast, we focused a lot about brands collaborations, but that is not necessarily what I teach my coaching. What I teach my coaching is basically I teach people how to build a personal brand through being authentic and through building a community that they can monetize in social media for the long run. So even if you want to be a coach or if you want to be a personal trainer and you just need social media as your marketing funnel, this is what I do. Um, now, if you, any of the people that is listening is interested in knowing anything about my coaching programs, you can directly DM me on Instagram. This is how I, I give all the info and then we can discuss whatever it is. But, um, and then yes, follow me on TikTok because on TikTok is where I post all my podcasts, all my content, all my tips and uh, how to educational stuff. Uh, while Instagram is, war, is more when I, where I up, update people on what I am up to in my coaching business. So I hope to meet all of you. <laughs> and thank you so much for for listening. And by the way, I also want to add to the fact that when you ask me in five years from, from now, and I told you I want to put myself first, basically, I also want to reach that through the right things, though. Yes. So making an impact on people. Because the reason why I decided to become a coach is because I get much more fulfillment in sharing, in helping people reaching their dreams than just making the money mm. you know what yeah you have a true purpose and when you have a purpose and a passion uh you know and you know it and you and you really are taking the right steps behind it there's nothing that you really can do you know what i'm saying i know you're going to be super yeah. super successful with it and again that's kind of the same mindset that we that we have man you know we we really enjoy the podcast obviously you know we have a lot of fun we we, we do we ask some silly questions but we also like to educate and learn and storytelling promote other brands and you know it's a true passion that we have behind here and it's been a pleasure and honor to have you on the show i really do want to get you on again down the road because i feel like there's so many pieces to you that oh. i want to learn about and uh of for everyone tuning in man again you can subscribe if you haven't yet on apple spotify you know we're on believe network you can find us on caffeine tv as well so just make sure you show love if you're listening in right now leave a five-star review and uh, man, this, the way we like to end our shows, Maria, is the best you is the best you. So always remember that, guys, and everything that you do, be yourself, be authentic. And uh, Bolo, I miss you, man. I can't wait to see you again next episode. And Maria, thanks again. We out. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed. Yes. Peace. Started on the Bye, porch. That was where it all began. Had to put in work. Every day we got it in. Chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it We make it look easy, we achieving everything we need Now we undefeated, if we link, no it's only business If we get to speak and leave them speechless I did things for free but now it costs to see me When you see me, you ain't gotta greet me Just don't plot to sneak me, I'ma see it I'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated What do we bleed? Came from the jungle, we humble but hungry and hunt and defeat People don't want us to leave They love us and rush to the bus when we run in the streets Thinking we stun in the sea We came from nothing to something Now up in the lead Now we ain't coming in peace Hunting for blood and to crush everyone in the league We got a reason We put in work every day of the week Every month, every season So many schemes Had to go off for the team We gave our all and succeeded Came from the deep end Woman and pots cooking ramen At times that was all we was eating Now we be feasting Five star restaurants every week Whole teams ripped in cloth and it seems They looking hard when we step on the scene Call us out cast, we so fresh and so clean Ain't about cast, please don't ask
the future or where you gon' actually be Keep staying presence, our presence a blessing It's all that we have and we actually need I'm taking action with passion, detaching The ones who keep acting attached to leech I am no pastor but actually preaching Look up these letters and actually read That was where it all began Had to put in work Every day we got it in We chased all our dreams and now they can't believe it We make it look easy, we achieving Everything we need now we undefeated If we link, no it's only I did things for free, but now it costs to see me When you see me, you ain't gotta greet me Just don't plot to sneak me, I'ma see it I'ma stop and watch you lose and get defeated Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.